Emotion now is at an all-time high. And when you have um, anxiety, you will typically do anything you can to alleviate that anxiety. And sometimes the very actions that you take will make it worse, make your situation worse. But you feel as if because I'm doing something, it's going to be better. Puzzles go by a lot of names. Jigsaws, crosswords, sudokus, brain teasers, brain bashers, brain knitters, knotters, and bocklers. You get the idea. On this show, we deal with financial puzzles. Your host is Money and Clarity Certified Financial Planner, Nikki Early. It's time for the show. Let's put the pieces together. It's time for another Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Walter Storholt here with you. And right after we said Nikki Early's taking over the podcast and going to be uh, leading us from here on out, Dan Capril is back in the saddle today. It only took a pandemic to get you, uh, yes. you know, back into the conversation here, Dan. How's it going? Well, you know, I figured it was the least I could do. You know, it's like, all right, who wants to take the virus um, show? I'll do the virus show. So, no, everything's... Um, Everything's good. I hope um, hope you're all doing well. It is a weird, weird time. And, uh, you know, I just think someday you'll be able to look back and you can tell your grandchildren or whatever, oh, you should have been around in 2020. You think this was bad. So, um, you know, I saw something very interesting today. Every hundred years, there's been a major pandemic going back like 1620, if you can believe Mm -hmm. it. And almost like like exactly... Oh, yeah, right on the year, 1620, 1720, 1820. Uh, you know, uh, 1920 has been a lot in the press. But, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, keep that in mind. You know, I'm not going to be around for the 2120, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, but you're, any of you're you who go might ahead and be play some bets now, right? Yeah, but you know, those of you who might be, you might want to, you know, or at least uh, write a write a letter to your future heirs telling them not to panic. I bet Vegas would be willing to take that bet. They would they could draw up a specific yeah. bet for you to pay out in 2020 uh, 2120 if there is a another pandemic then you win well, big. you know, since they have no sports to bet on anymore, they'll probably come up with all kinds of ways to create betting in the future so that's not sports dependent. So that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they, they already kind of create bets on anything, I think. I've, there's always a story out there about odds for X, Y, and Z. We'll just start taking odds on who's going to make it on the town council and things like that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to lose money, somebody's willing to help you. That's right. That's right. Exactly. The thing that strikes me, Dan, I know on today's episode, we're going to kind of get into, all right, the market response, the financial side of this whole equation. But the the other thing that really strikes me is that this definitely is, yes, it's affecting us all, but it affects us all in very different ways. Like for some of us, the worst we're going to experience out of this is extreme boredom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Others, we're actually going to be busier probably than we were pre-pandemic because we're trying to make businesses work and thrive in this new era. And then you've got folks who have been laid off that are being dramatically impacted and then those who are actually getting sick. So we're all affected, but all in totally different ways. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that the lesson that we want to remember from this is, you know, we talk all the time about having cash reserves and, you know, how important it is to have three to six months of cash reserves and because cash pays so little. And up until now, you know, we've gotten great returns from equities. People have been resistant to that message. And especially if they're retired or they think, you know, you know, I've got a stable job. And now you start to see, no, these weird things can happen. And when you don't have to worry about income for a while, you're going to get something out of it. But yes, there are businesses like I've, I've said this continuously to a lot of the businesses that, that I consult with that look at this as an opportunity for growth. And I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but I've been amazed what some of the restaurants have done to 
not only stay afloat, but to win incredibly good favor with their customers uh, by being there for them. And that's going to pay off in spades when this whole thing is over. So you're just going to have to adopt a new model. And I do think that life is going to be a little different. I, I would be shocked if when we get an all clear to see everybody out and about. I think, again, because there is going to be, unless they come for a cure for the virus, it'll still be out there. You know, this whole, you know, just to remind people, this was all about flattening the curve, which basically meant the same number of people were probably going to get infected. It's just a matter of when they got infected so that we would have health care available for them. And so people need to be mindful of that. And I think they will be mindful for it. And so I think things like shaking hands, we're going to see that reduced. Being Catholic, I expect the sign of the peace to, you know, be removed, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, where we shake hands. I, I see us maybe nodding to each other and saying peace be with you. But I, I think the handshaking thing is probably going to go away. I think that um, it'll be customary for people to have Purell in their hands. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I, I really do hope that... Uh, we embrace living again. Life has risk. You know, I've always said, look at the, the end. The story never ends well. We all go in the end. But you don't want to allow emotion to get in the way of doing things logically. And we saw that with, with equity markets when they were going down. Um, you know, there was a lot of panic. And, of course, I was very quick to point out that 08 and 09, it was equal panic and for probably better reason because the banks were failing. And here we had basically an epidemic, which historically, I mean, this is not new. It's new to the United States, certainly. Mm-hmm. I'll put it to you this way. It's not new to the United States. How we are reacting to it is certainly new. Because when H1N1 hit, you know, that was very lethal. And, um, you know, we, we reacted differently to it. So, but, you know, markets have a way of rebounding very quickly from this. So we've seen that with, if you go back to some of the other things that occurred, like Ebola, uh, we had the, the bird flu, we had the swine flu. Whenever these things have occurred, those countries that have been impacted by it the most have seen very quick and deep declines. And then just as the, the infection rate hits its peak and starts to move its way down, that's where we've seen markets very quickly move up. And these are, in most cases, in very emerging markets. So they don't have the ability to stimulate things the way the United States has had the ability to do so. And this is why I keep emphasizing, you know, when I say to people, be calm, it's not because I'm thinking at it from a psychiatric perspective, although that's good, right? It's really because from an investing perspective, typically, moments like this are great opportunities to buy. And the way that normally I recommend people buy is by rebalancing. So if you had a portfolio where half your money was in stocks and half was in fixed income, now suddenly stocks have gone down and, and now you're looking at you know 40% stocks and 60% bonds. Well, now is an excellent opportunity to bring yourself back to 50-50 and get the movement up. And we, we've seen that, you know, we, we, we saw, you know, as you and I are recording it right now, the market's up over 22,000. It's having a thousand point day. Who knows what tomorrow brings? seems like every day is a thousand point day, but it's clearly up from where it was when it got down, I think in the 18s. So the people who rebalance get the opportunity to buy shares at a lower price and they're going to get a rebound faster. So these things happen. Bad news happens. You just don't know what the bad news is going to be but markets will react to it. 
And so the, the question you have to always ask yourself is logically, is this permanent? Is this something that's going to change the world? Well, no, it hasn't in the past. I mean, when, when China got hit with viruses, Africa got hit with viruses, uh, South America, you know, we saw Brazil with the Zika virus. We saw deep declines initially, and then they came roaring right back. So, you know, just be careful. And, and, and the other thing, too, is I want to emphasize is I really don't think watching cable news 24 seven is going to help anybody. It's mm-hmm. not. And I, mean, I, I would highly recommend that you go from listening to news to reading your news, you know, go back to the old school ways. When we just got a newspaper once a day and Walter Cronkite, completely different reaction to the news than today. I mean, I'm, I'm driving up from Nashville yesterday, which by the way, don't judge me. I have an essential job and I have two homes, so I have to, you know, do that. And, you know, I'm listening to this anchor describe the refrigeration truck that's showing up at the hospital to collect bodies. Now understand refrigeration trucks show up at hospitals every single day to collect bodies. That's what they do. And then they take them to the various funeral homes, you know, but they're highlighting it, you know, and, and they want you to get this feeling as if this is unusual. Well, maybe the numbers are up a little bit, but I was just reading something the other day. California usually has 760 people die every day. They got 40 million people, just a natural process of life. People's lives end. With this, it's gotten up to about 764 people a day. So keep it in perspective. But the other thing, too, is to understand that markets naturally want to go upward. They always have. The quality of life we live gets better. And if you're going to get caught up in this trying to predicting when this is going to happen, that's really where people get hurt. I saw it happen in 08, 09, and I became adamant after that to never let it happen again. So sometimes people will say to me, like, you know, you were telling me before the show, you said, I'm reading a couple of things you've written, and you look, you're sounding a little angry. And I said, well, a little bit of that is for effect, okay? But I want people to understand that the mistakes that, you know, they could make some serious mistakes here if they're not careful. And, I, and there's no reason for that. So anyway, long speaking- answer to your short question. Well, but speaking of that, I mean, that I had several family members calling me when mm-hmm. the markets first started crashing. Should we go to cash? What should we do? Yeah, the right. panic was setting in. The emotions sure. were taking over. And then after it had crashed, they were still saying, okay, I think I'm going to sell. I think I'm going to sell now. <laughs> and after talking to you for all these years, I've mm-hmm. always, you know, I've had a little bit of a separation from all that. Just being, being younger, I'm okay riding right. the ups and downs. I've right. very much a long-term view of things. And, you know, but, but now I've had family members opening up a little bit more about their finances to me and discussing those a little bit more with them as the years have gone on. And that was the first time I'd really seen the emotions totally take over logic. You know, the market has crashed. Okay, I'm going to sell everything now. It's like, no, no, now, now's the worst time to do it. You already missed the chance earlier to, to sell. And well, it was just interesting to when, see that play out for the first time. Oh, it is. It, it really is. And then when, it, when the market starts to come back, they feel even worse because they got out. Right. You know, and then you find yourself almost rooting for the bad news. I mean, market timing really is, it's a loser's game. And yeah, some people guess right. I know a couple right now that are bragging like crazy. You know, I got out. And the reason they got out had nothing to do with the virus. The reason they got out was because once the market hit 30,000 or thereabouts, they were convinced it was going to go down. Now, that's not a logical assumption at all. They just, in their head, had it and you know, something happened and it went down and now they, they think that they're brilliant. And the concern I have for that is they'll make another mistake. They'll make a mistake the next time they think they're going to be able to figure that one out. Overconfidence. Next absolutely. Time. You know, ab- absolutely. But, um, you know, the thing is, is look, if you're retired, you should have a chunk of your money, your short term money 
needs not in stocks. It should be cash, bonds, that type of thing. Boring stuff. Stuff that doesn't get particularly high rates of return, but usually doesn't give you particularly low rates of return either. Though right now bonds are down a little bit, but nothing compared to stocks. The stock money should be like your long-term bucket, if you will. And so whatever happens in the long term, well, usually it, it works out okay. Focus in on your short-term money, and chances are it hasn't moved a whole heck of a lot. So when you see moments like this, it's only natural to ask yourself, how is this going to affect me? And sadly, a lot of people don't even know the answer to that question. They either don't really have a clear understanding about what they have, and they really don't have a clear understanding about if the rate at which they are consuming their money, will it last? Now, I get particularly concerned also when I start seeing members of my industry, financial advisors, taking advantage of this fear in moments like this. And that is where they will now try to encourage clients to get out of stocks altogether and take your money and give it to an insurance company and you'll, you'll get a payout stream from the insurance company, which will probably over the course of your life be no more than the amount of money you gave them. And they will play on that fear. Now, certain products like annuities have a role in certain people's plans. But like a medication that can be oversubscribed, annuities can be oversubscribed as well. And I see that. And that, that's particularly problematic. It's interesting because a lot of these advisors are chomping at the bit to get back out there and start giving away free steak dinners. And, and they can't. They're, they're, they're like handcuffed here. Uh, all the restaurants are not open right now. But just be mindful that you're going to hear a lot of this. You know, you don't want the, you know, you don't want to be around again. Look, if the short-term money is not in the market, don't worry. It's the long-term money that's going to get volatile, and you knew going in it would. And look, I can supply you with chart after chart that shows over time makes money. But just be careful because marketers know whether they whether they're selling annuities or they're selling cars. They know that people buy based on emotion. And motion now is at an all-time high. And when you have um, anxiety, you will typically do anything you can to alleviate that anxiety. And sometimes the very actions that you take will make it worse, make your situation worse. But you feel as if, because I'm doing something, it's going to be better. It's very hard to accept what you were saying about, you're going to have to ride this one out. A lot of people don't like that. They don't want to hear that, even if that's the right message. Just like... Medical treatments. You know, I talk a lot about how sometimes medical treatments make you feel worse than the actual illness did. But that's what's required in order for you to get better in the long run. So if you're not getting that type of peace of mind, this is really where good financial advisors earn their keep because they understand that their job is to counsel emotions and help their clients to think more logically. And it's not easy to think logically. I know that. You know, we, we want to believe we, we can, but as humans, that's really not the case. So if you're working with us and you're not certain of your situation, call us. Um, you know, I've been reaching out to a lot of, a lot of our clients. Um, but if you need that type of counseling, get it. And, um, you, you know, you will find that good advice when it comes to finances does have a little bit more to do with the gray matter between our ears than it really does what's on our balance sheets.
Well, that's a great point, Dan. And if you're a current client, you know certainly how to get in touch. But if you're perhaps new to the podcast, stumbled across this episode because we're talking about coronavirus and you're trying to get more information about that kind of thing and you need some guidance, you can certainly get it from Dan Capril, Nikki Early, and the team at Money and Clarity. 513-563-PLAN is the number to call. 513-563-PLAN and online at moneyandclarity.com. That's moneyandclarity.com. So final predictions, Dan, how do you see this all playing out in the, in the next couple of weeks and months? Yeah. So, you know, if you listen to us, you know, we, we mock the idea that the news is predictable and, you know, because, you know, we know that markets are going to react to news. And so as long as the news is unpredictable, markets will be unpredictable. However, over time, the, the good news has always outweighed the bad. So again, I have no idea. I do have a hunch, like a lot of bad news, that there's been a major overreaction to it. And when the dust starts to settle, and maybe it's settling now, who knows, that we'll start to see things normalize. I just want people to learn from this. I learned a lot from 0809. I mean, I'd been in the business for a long time and we had some down markets, but nothing like 0809. And when I see this in comparison, it just doesn't show me something that, that could be long lasting. But more than anything, the, the point here is you shouldn't, if you're planning properly, you shouldn't need predictions. You should have a strategy that can address all these concerns as they come up. Uh, if you're not, you know, I, I think clearly a lot of our states were not prepared for this. And I think what they're going to learn in the future is, we're going to expand our medical capabilities so that no matter what happens, we'll be ready for it. And I think you need to do that as well. You need to make sure that you have your adequate cash reserves and you don't complain that you're only getting 1% on them and that you have money set aside for the short term as well as the long term. And you understand that volatility is normal and you'll never be able to predict what the volatility is. The year I was born, 1963, the Dow was trading at 600. It's gotten up as high as 30,000 in my lifetime. Right now, today, it's around 22. I don't know how many doublings that is. That's a lot of doublings. And I also know that through the 57 years I've been on this planet, there's been a ton of bad news. Tons. In fact, you could just write books about that. And yet, life's today so much better than it was back in 1963. It's only logical to assume it will continue to get better. So, you know, my, my prediction is life will continue to get better over time. This too will pass. Just don't make actions that turn out to be irrevocable in, in hurting you. That, to me, is, is really the message that, that I want to get out here today. Because this is, in many ways, normal. I know, I know it doesn't sound like it. And, I, and our reaction to it as a country has been unique, to say the least. But bad news like this happens. And it's not the first time globally it's happened. And it won't be the last time. Now, I have a feeling how we react to it in the future will be dramatically different in a positive way. But bad news like this is not unusual. Markets taking deep dives in response to it because it's unpredictable. I mean, it wasn't that long ago there were headlines saying China says this virus is no big deal. So that's not unusual that markets will react to news that was unexpected. But capitalism, it's like water. You know, if you have cracks in your foundation, water will find a way to get to it. And it's the same thing when it comes with capitalism. So stay positive analyze your plan and if you're want if you're one of our clients and you want to just revisit i mean we're, we're reaching out to you anyway so but um make sure that the next time this happens you're prepared but be safe take it one day at a time 
good thing is it's starting to warm up a little bit. So hopefully that'll help. Maybe that'll help in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Just for, for the psyche, like you talked about at the beginning of the episode, oh, if nothing yeah. else. That's, vitamin uh, D. You need vitamin D too. Yeah, yeah. Very, <laughs> but, true. Yeah. Very true. Very yeah. true. Five Between five and six doublings, by the way, from your 600. Okay. Thank you. At birth time. About. Well, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, this is a great trick for those of you who had grandchildren um, when they were like five or six years old. It's their birthday. Just make a deal with them. Say, here's the deal. I will give you $10 right now or 20, pick $50. Tell them I'll give you $50 right now. This assuming you're willing to give them 50, by the way, or you can have a penny today and I will double it every day for the next 30 days. And you're going to get a feel for who the sharpest grandkids are when, when the one says, I'll take the penny, <laughs> do the math. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Takes a few days. But that last week, very expensive week. Yeah, it's, for a good, it's a good week. That last week, yeah. Of the <laughs> well, for the kid, bad for grandpa, <laughs> but definitely good for the kids. So definitely so, is works definitely the same is. way. Well, Dan, I think you underscore so many important points today, and. Gosh, it just it just really is important. I think the biggest takeaway for me, and this is what I told those family members who called, I said, you're trying to make major decisions with your entire life savings without an actual plan in place, without having talked to somebody who's an expert in this field. That's very dangerous. I advise you to go talk to somebody who's in this field before you pull the trigger on anything. And luckily, luckily they all heeded that advice. And now yeah. what's so great is uh, that there's a group in my family that are now well prepared for retirement and they are in way better shape than they thought they were. They were in that camp that we were going to have to work for years and years. They actually have a solid retirement date in less than three years now. They've already set the no, retirement date and they're on the they're on the right track. So and it just took calming down and getting talking to an advisor who knew what they were talking about. Yeah, this this event here, um, over a twelve month period of time, statistically I think is going to be viewed as incredibly normal. And uh, over a three month period of time, volatility is very high. But this does not have to be um, you know something that's going to change your life. So, you know, follow the advice that Walter just gave. And, um, you know, again, if, if we can be of any assistance, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll show you how our retirement rescue plan addresses issues like this. That's why we call it the rescue plan, by the way, because we're trying to rescue people from some of the mistakes that are out there without letting, you know, panic get in the way. And it's more than just the market, it's taxes, it's fees, it's all sorts yeah. of things. So it's all it, that stuff. It's all addressed in that plan. And if you want to talk about getting that in place, you haven't done it before, go to moneyandclarity.com or give a call to 513-563-PLAN. And we'll put the contact information for Dan and Nikki and the team in the show notes of today's episode. So whatever app you're listening to, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or somewhere else, just check the show notes section and you can get in touch with us easily that way. Well, Dan, stay healthy and uh, enjoy, you too, my friend. enjoy your trips back and forth between Tennessee and Ohio. I know that keeps you sane, getting some drive time and going back. There's forward. not much traffic these days. That's it's an sure. easy trip, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks and best to you and God bless everybody out there. Thanks, Dan. I'll talk to you soon. And thank you for listening to the Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Thank you.
Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been attained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Nikki Early is an investment advisor representative of Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a privacy policy statement, call 800-353-7923. 